Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. In the Bible, Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. But let's think about those first words, deny yourself. Why does he say that? Deny yourself? Shouldn't we be seeking life to the full? Why would we deny ourselves? And why does the Catholic Church emphasize things like fasting, abstaining from things, giving things up, give up chocolate, give up your favorite food, give up your favorite drink? Why do we talk about sacrifice so much, making sacrifices for others, denying yourself, giving in to other people? And, and, and why do we emphasize acts of penance? Deny yourself? You know, no, the culture tells us, indulge yourself, right? Live life to the full, seize the day, seize life and have as much fun as you can. Get as much stuff as you can, have as many experiences as you can, have as much pleasure as you can. That's what the world tells us. Why does Jesus say, deny yourself? Is, is desire bad? Are we just supposed to deny all of our desires, suppress desire? No, the world tells us to follow our desires. Our desires are good. All your desires are good. Just, just follow them. Give in to them. And you'll, you, when you have your desires fulfilled, you'll be happy. That's what the world tells us. Why does Jesus offer a very different view? And why does he say deny yourself? What does that really mean practically for our daily life as Christians? That's what we're going to take a look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edwards Sree. I want to really just give a, a warm welcome to many new listeners from overseas in Europe. I was just back from a, a European tour. So I was first visiting many of the focused missionaries in Germany and Passau and in Vienna. It was beautiful. Great to see so many young people responding to the Catholic faith in Europe. That was amazing. I also got to speak at the Jesus Youth Conference. Um, Jesus Youth is, it sounds like a youth group thing in, in the United States. When we speak of youth, we speak of high school kids. But this particular movement is devoted to young adults and reaching out to university students, young adults, young families. And I was able to speak at their UK conference in Wales recently and I was so blessed. Uh, so a big shout out to them. And thank you so much for your warm hospitality during my visit there. But even more so, just the witness. This was a, a great group. You saw their faith. You saw so many vibrant families, so many kids running around everywhere and uh, single young adults as well, praising the Lord, dedicated to prayer, to Eucharistic adoration. It was so moving seeing the Holy Spirit very alive in Jesus' youth. But I want to go back to my visit with the Focus missionaries. I don't know if you know, Focus serves on about 100, almost 200 campuses, most of the United States, but we have a number of campuses we serve overseas in Europe, Ireland, Germany, and in Austria. And I just got back from a visit. First time I had a chance to go visit the missionaries themselves. And it's just wonderful to see many homegrown missionaries coming up, people from Europe uh, wanting to dedicate their lives to this work of evangelization. But there was a very moving moment on my visit there I want to share with all of you so you can pray. Pray for the missionaries there, but also pray for Europe. The missionaries took me down to one of their chapels that they, they frequent. And it's a chapel that was down in this crypt underneath a church. It's over a thousand years old. And, you know, when you go to Europe, you just find all these churches that are a thousand years old, sometimes 1,500 years old. It's incredible. But to be down in this little crypt, and they had the Blessed Sacrament down there and, and, and a candle and to be down there praying and to think that there have been thousands and thousands of people for the last millennia who've come and knelt down 
right here before the Blessed Sacrament and worshiped God right here in this very spot. It was very moving to be a part of that tradition. But what was also moving in a, in a sad way was to realize that nobody comes here, barely anybody comes to, to worship Jesus down in this little crypt anymore. They were telling me it's, it's not often used. Very few people come to visit our Lord Jesus down here. And that little vignette is a story about all that's happening in Europe. There are many good signs. I've told you about what Focus is doing. I told you about that Jesus Youth Movement as well. Um, so a lot of great things happening in Europe. And yet, for the most part, you see so many churches that are literally turned into museums. I know in Italy, there's many churches. You, If you want to go inside the church, you have to pay and get a ticket. And you, you can't just go in and just pray they let you in maybe just for a mass, but then you have to leave right away. And they turn the lights off of all of the all of the beautiful art during mass because they treat the church like a museum. That's what the government runs the churches there and in many, not all parts, but in many parts of Italy. And, and so they turn the lights off so you can't see the beautiful frescoes, the beautiful art of, of amazing artists that dedicated their lives to making beautiful images to remind us of the stories of salvation in scripture, the saints, our Lord Jesus Christ, to enhance our worship and we're supposed to look at those when we worship God. I remember being at this one church in Tuscany recently and and going to Mass, but they turned off the lights and you can't see the beautiful art that's meant to worship God. They treat the art just like a nice image to look at, a historical artifact. It's very sad what's happening in Europe. And so being down in that chapel, we prayed for like a half hour together, and poured out our hearts for the mission, uh, reaching young souls in Europe especially, and, uh, and for the church in Europe. So I ask your prayers. It's very, we think of the United States, oh man, United States has all these problems, and we do. Don't get me wrong, we do. But we actually have, we're much more religious than, than many countries in the world. There's still some semblances of a sense of God, a sense of right and wrong, a sense of, of worship, religion is is stronger here in the United States. And it doesn't mean we don't have problems, we do. Uh, but let's pray for Europe. Uh, we pray for a renewal. We pray that many, many souls will come down and fall on their knees as souls have done in the past and worship our God in these beautiful churches. Well, I want to go back to the topic today of why did Jesus say, deny yourself? Again, in our modern landscape, that just sounds crazy, right? You know, you don't deny yourself. You you fulfill yourself. You, you, you fulfill your desires. You want something, you go for it. You dream about something, you fight for it. And uh, you, you have this passionate desire, you give in to it. You know, you indulge in your desires. That's what you want to do in life. That's what the world tells us. That's in contrast to what many of the saints say. I'm going to share with you a, a quote from a saint I've been reading a lot recently. In fact, I'm going to share more from him in the next episode as well. It's the, the Spanish mystic, St. John of the Cross, a great teacher of the Catholic faith. John of the Cross, listen to what he says. It's pretty intense about our desires. <laughs> he says, in order to arrive at having pleasure in everything, desire to have pleasure in nothing. In order to arrive at the possession of everything, desire to possess nothing. In order to arrive at being all, desire to be nothing. To come to the knowledge of all, desire to know nothing. And he goes on and on. Nothing, nothing, nothing in Spanish. Nada, nada, nada. Wow, that just sounds really intense, St. John of the Cross. But I don't want you to think of John's spirituality as just some harsh, cold path of self-denial. 
I don't want you to think that John thinks that desire is bad or that Jesus thinks desire is bad. No, no, no. Desire is really, really good. John of the Cross of spirituality, this no, this, this saying no to pleasure, this saying no to achieving things, no to possessing things. It's ultimately not an, a rejection of desire. It's more about a yes. It's more about a yes to the soul's deepest desires. You see, we have desires for many things. I have desire for ice cream. I have desire for a nice cup of coffee, a good glass of wine. I have desire for many things. I have desire for success. I have desires for comfort. I have desires for financial security. You know, none of these things are, are bad in themselves. I have desires to have fun conversations with friends. I have desires to enjoy life. These aren't bad, but they don't get to the deepest desire that God has placed on our hearts. Those deepest desires are for him. We're made for God, ultimately. I'm not made for an ice cream cone. <laughs> We're made for God. I'm not made for just my favorite soccer team winning a game. Yeah, I love it when my team wins, and I love having a good, good ice cream cone, but, but I'm made for more than that. I have, I have a deeper desire, which is for God himself. And so the Christian tradition about denying ourselves, things like fasting, abstaining from certain things, making sacrifices, is not rooted in some kind of like arduous climb up this mountain of perfection to, you know, renouncing all human desire. I'm going to prove to God I can do it. I can give up this and I can give up this and I can do these sacrifices and endure these pains for Jesus. You know, it's not about trying to prove anything. I think that's what some, some people might think, some Christians, I think, especially when they're young and their faith is taking off, they, they want to prove to God, all right, I can kneel on my, you know, here on my knees on this hardwood surface for an hour. I'm going to prove to God I, 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 I can make the sacrifice. There's something beautiful about wanting to unite our own little sacrifices with Jesus, of course. But I want to be clear that the spirituality of St. John of the Cross, this nada, uh, the spirituality Jesus promotes in his words, deny yourself, take up your cross daily. This isn't about just trying to repress desire. It's about getting in touch with our deepest desires. It's about creating space in our soul because if I'm so focused on my ice cream cone, if I'm so focused on that good glass of wine, if I'm so focused on sexual pleasure, I'm so focused on making money, I'm so focused on being liked, if, if, if I live my day-to-day -day life on those more superficial desires, then I, I'm not really going to be in tune with that deeper desire, which is for God. In other words, those other desire, desires crowd out that deeper desire within me. Let me give you a few analogies here. I think about a, a young person falling in love. I, I've, I've often used this analogy here. You know, I, in my work in focus, you often see this, you'll see you know, a young man falls in love with a girl and all of a sudden he's not hanging out as much with his friends. He doesn't stay at late as late as he used to at work. He, he's cause he's taken her out and you know, he's not spending as much time with his favorite hobbies and his favorite sports team. Cause he's, he's creating more space in his heart for his beloved, the, the woman he loves. And, and that's beautiful. When we fall in love, we drop other things that were important to us, or maybe we don't drop them completely, but they don't, they don't take as much of our attention because we're making more space for the one we love. I certainly felt, I remember falling in love with Beth. There are many things I love to do. Like I loved reading and theology, right? And I still read. It's not like I stopped reading, but if I had to choose between sitting down and reading a nice theological book by Aquinas or going on date night with Beth, 
you know, I actually chose going on a date with Beth. <laughs> and I love reading Aquinas. <laughs> but it wasn't a sacrifice. It wasn't like, well, I guess I'll go on a date with Beth because I'll have to put down Aquinas now just for the sake of, you know, being with this other person. No, my heart was just drawn to like, I want to make more time for this woman I'm falling in love with. And so I set aside other things. I still read Aquinas, don't don't worry. <laughs> but 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 I, I would set aside other things to make more time for her. That's what we're doing. That's that's what it means to deny yourself. That's why we want to build in practices of self-denial so that all those superficial desires we have that aren't bad, but they but they will tend to to captivate our attention and, and we won't be as aware of the deeper desire for the one we love. John of the Cross uses uh, another analogy here. Uh, he talks about somebody whose hands are full. I often, I don't know, this last year, I feel like I've used this image a lot of, of hands. I've been thinking a lot about the image of hands in the Bible, and here John of the Cross is using it as well. Uh, but you think about somebody whose hands are full, they they can't carry other things. I, I think about my wife. She's got one child in one arm, she's got groceries in the other, and all of a sudden some other kid comes and hands her the soccer ball. Here, mom, hold my soccer ball. And she's like, I, I, don't, I don't have any hands to hold the soccer ball with. When your hands are already full, you can't receive something. And, and that's what happens with God. If our hands are full with other things, making money, being liked, a certain relationship I'm clinging to. I'm clinging to the certain plan that I have. I have to have this workout and I need this to be happy and I, I, I need this job or I need to be in this city or uh, I need this position, whatever it is. It, these things that we cling to, when my hands are full and I'm clinging to something that I want, I'm clinging to my will, then my hands aren't open to receive what God wants to give me. That's the context for understanding this, this nada of John of the Cross this idea of renouncing certain desires or why Jesus says, deny yourself. Again, it's not about desire being bad. It's about creating more space in our soul so we can be in touch with our deepest desires. Listen to what John of the Cross says. He says, there are some Christians who, quote, do not stay empty so that God might fill them with his delight. Their hands are already full and they could not take what God was giving Think about it. If you just picture, you know, you're, you got all these things in your hands. What are the things that you really, really cling to in your life? You know, I have to have this. What is it that, you know, you're, I have to have this thing work out for my family. I have to have this health situation sorted out. I have to have this financial level of income. I have to be accepted by this group of people. Uh, I have to have this status in the company. What, what is that thing that you cling to for your identity? <laughs> for your security. I have to have the house clean. You know, I have to have my children behave well uh, at mass. What, what is the thing that you're, you're, you're clinging to? I have to be invited to lead this committee at the parish. What, what is this thing that you cling to? And, and if you don't get it, you're worried that, you, that, you, that your life won't be fulfilled or you're not going to be happy now. And what is that thing you're clinging to? Because picture you, your hands are holding to it and then picture Jesus looking at you and wanting to give you his heart. Just picture Jesus looking at you and he, he wants to give you his heart, but he's looking at you sadly because your hands are already full. You're, you're holding on to that, that position that you want in the company. You're holding on to that, that, that certain dream you have that, you, you know, it's not bad, but it's just it doesn't come close to Jesus's heart. <laughs> or you're holding on to that certain thing at the parish that, that you want to be the head of or, you know, whatever. What is, what is that thing you're holding on to? And, and just picture Jesus wanting to give you your heart, but there's no room for him to give it to because you're clinging to something else. That's what self-denial is all about. John of the Cross says this, say no 
to your desires and you'll discover what your heart really desires. Listen to that. Say no to your desires. Why do we make sacrifices? Why do we do fasting? Why do we do acts of penance, acts of mortification? Why do I intentionally, as a Christian, go out of my way to try to deny myself certain comforts, certain pleasures? Why does Jesus say deny yourself? It's, It's so that you'll discover what your heart really desires. That's what John the Cross, I'm going to say it again. Say no to your desires, meaning your superficial desires, and you'll discover what your heart really desires. That's why Jesus encourages the practice of self-denial. That's why the Catholic Church encourages the practice of self-denial. Let's, let's go practical now. Do you have self-denial in your life? Do you pick up your cross daily? Do you, do you have something intentional that you do each week to deny yourself certain comforts, certain advantages, certain pleasures, certain praises, certain enjoyments in life? Not that those things are bad, but we we want to practice detachment from them. We When we're clinging to that, and I have to have that ice cream every time I want it. I have to have that favorite glass of wine whenever I want it. I have to have the room temperature exactly as I want. If I'm always having to have things as I want all the time, I'm, my hands are full. They won't be open to see the heart of Jesus, to receive the heart of Jesus. So that's why we encourage things like fasting. It's good to, to fast from your favorite food, your favorite drink. When you go to the social event, do you always have to have alcohol? Could you just say once a month when I'm out with my friends or I'm at the social event, once a month, I'm just, even though I want a glass of wine, I'm just not going to have it. Can you, can you just practice a little bit of detachment? You're not saying a glass of wine is bad. You're not saying that beer is bad, but, but maybe just once in a while, maybe it's once a week, once a month, you just pick however, I don't know how often you drink alcohol, but whatever it is, just you deny yourself every once in a while, your favorite drink. That's good to do that. Not because the drink is bad, but because it has too much of a hold on you. You're clinging to it too much. Can you easily set it down? So if Jesus comes to you, wants to give you his heart, can you easily put that drink down? And if it's hard for you to imagine going to a social event and not having the alcohol, that's a sign of how much that alcohol is, is, is in your heart, how much you're, you're attached to it. Your hands are clinging to it. Are you able to make sacrifices? Are you able to give in easily to other people's preferences? So when people are trying to figure out what to do and someone wants to do something that you don't want to do, but it's not a bad thing, but it's just not your preference. They want to go to this restaurant and you want to go to the other restaurant. They want to watch this movie. You want to go to the, the, watch this other movie. Can you every once in a while just intentionally, I'm going to do the thing I don't want to do. Not a bad thing. Is that sinful to go to this movie? But I'm, I, I, it's not my preference, but I'm going to go to this one for the sake of denying myself. Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily. Do you pick up your daily cross? Do you have something in your life every day, every week of self-denial, something intentional? How about not whining when you're uncomfortable? Do you ever do that when you're just hot? You have to talk about, oh, I'm so hot. Or you're hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. Or when things don't work out well and you're having to wait in line or there's traffic, you have to complain or the flight is late and it's delayed and you complain. Are you a whiner? Can you practice denying yourself? Can you practice not having what you want? Can you practice remaining joyful when things don't turn out the way you want, when you don't get what you want? How about enduring disagreements? I think this is a big point in business relationships, in the office, certainly in family life. Do you have to be right all the time? When you're arguing with someone and you just, you know, it's not a big deal. Do you have to win the argument every time? Can you just 
let your spouse be right on something that's not essential, something, you know, we're not talking like a moral truth or a doctrinal truth, you know, but just, can you just give in? Do you have to defend yourself? Do you have to be right all the time? Can you endure misunderstandings? Like when somebody misunderstands you, they, they look at you and assume something that's not accurate. Do you always have to go and explain and uh, always defend yourself? Can you endure a misunderstanding? That's a, a, t- a kind of sacrifice. Something we've talked about on the show in recent weeks has been practicing detachment from our devices. Can you resist looking at your phone at every spare moment in the day? When you're standing in line, when you're waiting to pick up your kids, when you're in between meetings, do you have to pull out your phone? Can you actually practice self-denial? Every day I'm going to build in something where I'm detached from having to play with my phone. Maybe it's late at night. I just say I'm not going to do it after a certain time at night. I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at my phone at that time. Or I'm just going to commit. When I have a little spare time in the middle of the day, I'm, not, I'm going to resist the temptation, just pull out the phone and just start scrolling. So what, what are the little practices of self-denial that we can bring into our lives each day? It, it, it's not about proving to God I'm really strong. It's not about repressing desires because desires are bad. No, it's creating space in the soul. That's what it's about. Uh, we want to make space to help us not be too attached to the things of this world so our hands can be open to welcome the heart of Christ. Just remember the image of Jesus. Like Jesus right before he wants to give you his heart. Are your hands already full? That's what self-denial is about. That's what John of the Cross and his not is all about. I'll close with this. Think of it as about this whole self-denial. It's about love. It's about the passionate desire of a lover, a lover that knows what he loves most. And he's longing to make more room in his daily life, more room in his soul for his beloved. He's going to do everything he can urgently to be with his beloved. That's why he practices self-denial, passionate desire for the one he loves Thanks so much for listening, my friends. What we're going to do next week, I'm going to talk more about this process of self-denial and why it's important. And But some of the challenges we're going to face if we dare to pick up our cross daily and follow Jesus, uh, we're going to need Jesus's help. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to be as easy as we may think. Uh, we're going to need Jesus to step in and help us in that process. Uh, we'll talk more about that next week as we continue looking at the wonderful St. John of the Cross. Thanks so much for listening. Again, you can reach me uh, on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. You can find me on my website, edwards3.com. That's edwardsri.com. Thanks so much and God bless.